0: This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. Whale Town may get its name from an old whaling station, but Europeans really did not settle in the area for about 15 years. In today's program, Lynn Jordan, former president of the Cortez Island Museum, traces the modern community back to a logger named Moses Ireland.
1: There were First Nations people visiting on a regular basis. We think a fish trap, was used across the entrance to the lagoon.
0: There was a whaling station in Whaletown Bay for 18 months in 1869 and 70.
1: It wasn't very many years after the whaling station left in the mid-1880s that Moses Ireland moved into the area as a logger and set up camp where the whale station had been.
0: That's where the ferry terminal is today.
1: He also preempted a number of other properties around Whaletown Lagoon, and he was there until about 1893. He moved to what was called Camp Island, then now the Subtle Islands, and had his logging base from there. He married a widow when he was in his 50s. They built a hotel on the northern island. His saloon was very popular. Loggers often stayed there when they were between jobs, or on a holiday from a camp. there was a not a wharf to start with, but a, a float where the union steamships could stop. They often were dropping loggers off or picking loggers up and taking them to other places. A lot of little camps and communities were starting up all around the Discovery Islands.
0: When did Wheeltown move across the bay?
1: William and Laura Drinkwater bought the property from Ireland. If you're at the wharf right now at Whaletown and look towards where the houses are along Bayview, that was the property that was owned by Moses originally, but then the Drinkwaters and then the Thompsons. There was a little dock and at the top of the dock was a small building that was a store that had not too much in it, just small items and the post office. It wasn't officially a post office until I think it was 1894. Mail was being delivered on the Union steamships. Post was very important in those days. There was no other communication, no telephones, no radios back then. People ordered things to come up on the boats by mail. They kept in touch with their families and friends. When you got a letter, you kept it and you reread it many times in many cases. So there's actually a lot of saved handwritten letters, business letters too, that were typed on the old typewriters. The Drinkwaters used their house as a kind of a community hall. They had a lot of dances and things there as well. So it was a very busy area.
0: Did we have a sawmill in Wilton?
1: Around the corner in what's called Strange's Bay, there was a sawmill. That's the bottom end of Sawmill Road, which is why it's called Sawmill Road. Charlie Strange bought the subtle islands, Camp Island, from Moses, Ireland, and lived there for a few years with his two spinster sisters who had come out from England. They were coming from London and brought trunk loads of fancy dresses for teas and dances and going to the theater (laughs) with hats and matching purses and fancy shoes and all that sort of thing. They arrived with all that baggage On subtle islands, which just had nothing, basically, other than this old building that they lived in. They lived there three or five years, not very long, before Charlie then preempted 160 acres at the bottom of Sawmill Road.
0: Do you have a date for when the strangers arrived in Whaletown?
1: 1902. He ordered a big round saw that came up on one of the Union steamships. When that saw arrived, it was big news that spread over the whole island because now people could come to Strange and have lumber made for them to build their houses. Whale Town, or Whale Bay as it was originally called, goes from Vondonna to Carrington to Coulter to Whale Town and then around to Gorge Harbour. A lot of people were in float houses and eventually some of them were pulled up on land, but all these loggers, they just moved their house from one bay to another and continued logging. Their camps were on floats, too. Whale Town didn't have a sawmill in Whale Bay that I've ever found about. But there were some a number of logging camps off and on within the gorge. A lot of logs went out. They weren't so much made into lumber on the island. Most building was done with logs, log houses. And the one that Charlie Strange built was one of the first houses that was built with lumber. Charlie Strange built one of the largest houses at the time on Cortez. It had three stories. When the property was known by somebody else, they found the trunks in the attic that the sisters had left. The girls spent days going through these trunks full of magazines from England, like Vogue and Ladies Home Journal. The sisters helped with the sawmill. Patty kept the fire stoked out in the sawmill and helped run the machinery. The other one was more like the housekeeper and cook and everything. Years later, after their brother, Charlie had died, the two girls were in the house still. And Patty became a little deranged, I guess, because she'd spent all those years stoking fires. She didn't like fire. Every time the other sister lit a fire in the house for heat or for cooking, she'd put it out. They struggled a little bit until eventually, I think it was Reverend Alan Green from the coastal mission persuaded her to go into a hospital down at Pender Harbour, St. Mary's, where she was cared for, and she died there. The other sister stayed on for a few years on her own on the property.
0: Who else was living in Whale at that time?
1: Right after Ireland, Joseph Yawart purchased or preempted the land that is now called Burnside around Huck Road and the top end of the lagoon. It was 160 acres to start with. The, around 1905, the Robertsons purchased it from Yawert. Alice Robertson married her husband in Scotland. Her parents had been doctors, I think, in India. She had four brothers as well, the Allen brothers came out in the late 1890s to Gorge Harbor and settled there. Charlie Allen had the most property that he preempted all the way from Robertson Road all the way up to the end of the lagoon and above what's now Whale Road, which of course at that time was only a trail. His brothers also had property above him and along to the east end of the Gorge Harbor. Bernie was a bachelor. James and Wilf who Charlie called Wolf, preempted land there as well. Alice had visited her brothers at some point in the early 1900s and really liked the Cortez area. She went back to Scotland, married her husband, and then they came out to Vancouver first for a little while before moving up to Cortez. Charlie actually had preempted some land for her around Gorge Harbour, but she didn't come right away. So uh, while they were still in Vancouver, he sold that property off. When they came up, they bought the property from Yowart. And there are still Robertsons living on that same property today. Gregor Robertson, who was the mayor of Vancouver, is related to the Robertson family in Cortez, and he spent a lot of his youth on the island. The property next to the Robertson family was preempted by another Robertson, but not related. William Robertson was called Poker Bill. There was sort of a tiff between the two Robertson families over the roadway and allowances on their properties that eventually went to court and was dissipated after that. Poker Robertson ended up marrying a stepdaughter of Moses Ireland. Celia was in her 20s and he was pushing 60, I think. Poker Robertson liked to drink and I guess he taught her how. It wasn't very long after they were married, I think just a couple of years, she died. And the death certificate states that it was from prolonged liquor use. Moses raised the daughter, because she was only nine at the time, and she became like a daughter to them. They eventually moved from Camp Island, just before 1900, to Quadra Island, where they set up their hotel again, but also had a big ranch area for boarding or looking after logging animals like oxen and horses during the winter or when there was no logging happening. Loggers would lease the property or board their animals there. So that was how they made money besides the hotel. Going back to Whale Town, part of the properties that Moses had owned was purchased by another Englishman named Sam Thompson. It went eventually to his son, Nick, who added to the family properties, enlarged the family properties, and took over the store and post office. He built a bigger store. I think it was 1914. The wharf that's there today was built, and it actually celebrated 100 years in 2014. There was a big orchard, and the Thompsons used to have people come up to stay in the summers, early tourism on the island. They ran hunting trips and fishing trips, and they had a tent camp in the orchard that the visitors would stay in.
0: You've been listening to Lynn Jordan, former president of the Cortez Island Museum, describe the birth of Whale Town. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.